Creating a perfect picture doesn't exist. It's not perfect, but it's okay. My guest today is Sua Kim, a photographer with over 12 years of experience. I was introduced by an office maid who praised Sua for her work as magical. Sua has the uncanny ability to capture your best, unveiling beautiful layers and sides of you that you never knew even existed. For my birthday, I gifted myself a photo shoot back in February with Sua. So great to have you, Sua. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking, Monica. It's surreal to bring you on the podcast. I get so many compliments. So why you have no idea. And I think I finally get to just ask you about your craft, um, what goes through your mind. And as usual, the podcast is about being practical and mm -hmm. just really anything that you think could help anybody take photos or get good photos from them themselves. Can you please let us know what you've been up to, where you are now. Let's start from there. Okay. So I am currently um, in Jeju Island for a vacation. It's going to be a long, a month vacation. I just finished exhibition in my own studio. It was called a proper closure because it's been four years since I've been re re relocated in Korea, though Korea, from New York. And I thought it was about time to start a new chapter because it felt like it was just time to go. I know for some people, three years is not that long. But for me, staying at that one place, not knowing what other places of Seoul is like, was kind of stuffing. So I just finished my exhibition at the studio the way I started. So I don't have a studio anymore. I'm a free. And currently taking a vacation in Jeju Island. Wow, the studio was, it was for people who cannot imagine or to help them visualize and imagine. It was at the top floor of this building, yeah. like an attic. Yeah, it was almost, like, right. it was so cozy and almost yeah. a little corner of Seoul. I forgot I was in Seoul, to be honest. And yeah. it was for such that. a wonderful kind of like, getting myself out of the bubble into a different bubble and oh then being like expelled out to just back to the city. So it was a very unique experience, but what going back to the, the exhibition that you had, what were some of the things that you showed on your exhibition? I think just as any relationship, I had a relationship with this location. So it's time for me to gather up all these people of portraits that I've taken at this location. And we're going to go somewhere in a better place. Not saying that this place wasn't good or not, but everybody has to at least pause. It was just like my instinct. It was telling me to go because I was getting all this negative energy. And I was the one who was actually creating that. Because just a couple of months before, I was actually really happy at the studio but now I was just sitting there, even though I'm actually an introvert without my camera. But staying at the studio got me not only introverted, but very low on energy. So I wasn't gaining any power. Yeah, I wasn't gaining any power to do anything else than taking pictures and meeting people for work. 
So that's when, that's when I knew it was time for me to stop. But then I wanted to make sure that I still appreciate people who I've met at the studio. So I've tried to gather all the pictures I've taken from that location. And then I did something crazy. I'm sure you are aware of this since you saw my studio. I'm very minimalistic. I don't like a lot of stuff, but I challenged myself to put as many as pictures as I could on the wall. Wow. Yeah. So try to arrange that and then try to pick out all the pictures. It was so stressful at the same time. I realized I kept telling myself that I'm a minimalist. I might had gotten me stuck to think something else. So this helped me not only like to stop and pause, but try to look at different aspects of where things I like, because I always thought I was minimalistic, but then putting all the pictures together in the wall, I was like looking at there, I was like, this is not that bad. I don't know why. That is so interesting. Yeah. But just getting there itself was stressful, but I got it done by a lot of people's help. <laughs> I couldn't have done it by myself, but yeah. But I think like something that you said that just really, I don't know, stood out is to this idea of you had this identity of I'm a minimalist. I need to like keep wearing that sort of identity, but then mm -hmm. you had a new constraint, like too many photos, too many relationships that you want to honor. And you have this limited space and then you just end up doing it. And then, oh, you know, this is not bad. So it's almost like the reverse stretching. People need to stretch to be minimalist yeah. and you mm -hmm. almost are doing the opposite. But I think the effects are very similar. You're like learning to be different and wearing a different body. I'm a very introverted person. I'm also yeah. like, I think, super insecure about how I look in in a way that like I just feel like I'm always kind of like awkward like I'm positioned myself my posture I feel it's awkward and my smile I feel like it's always crooked and I think I'm very self-critical and I think when I was taking photos with you you were forcing or pushing gently so I could be a different person it was like a very interesting experience Korea for people who don't know like how things work, like even like a resume, people put photos on. There are all these companies that train to make you look pretty in a way. Yeah. So for $40, you just five minutes and they'll take, yeah. they'll take a few photos of you and then they'll kind of like Photoshop that and it's okay. Put your hands here and put your hands there. And that was for me very comfortable. That's <laughs> like what I liked, like the efficiency yeah. of, Tell me where to put my right fist and mm -hmm. at what angle I want this photo. I used to have a studio that I would always go to like almost every year. I would just get the same photos, just me a little bit like older. Mm -hmm. After seeing your photos on your Instagram account, the photos were very different. There was almost like poetic, like there was like a very split second that somehow was captured. I was like, oh, wow, can I do that? Like, I almost wanted to test what would happen if I go through that process. And I remember like feeling like a different person after oh. I left your studio. I wanted to 
maybe unpack that a little bit. What kind of comments have you heard from your clients? The very first comment that I've heard from my client was, this is very different from other Korean photographers. And then my colleagues, but who's way older than I, that who used to take a proper photography classes, they keep telling me your lighting is not proper. Because you know how Korea, they like bright, very direct. Right, right. right. Then they want you to be portrayed as a very bright, beautiful, perfect circle. And I've learned very quickly that Korea is so, whatchamacallit, challenging themselves to be perfect. But I totally where we get comments for just coming to class in a proper time. So for me, getting compliments was something that I'm really used to. But in Korea, if you get compliments, they always say, oh, no. And those little things that they always comment, I think that's when I realized this is not just about the photography, but I want to boost their self-esteem. That's something that I could do because Korea is already so top tier with photography. I could not top that. I knew that because Korean people are so good at Photoshop, lighting, everything technical that I cannot top. I already knew. I learned it very quickly. So I was like, what can I do to pull them off from their daily routine and daily themselves and try to show them something else that they're actually special and they are okay with getting compliments and they are okay with getting their profile picture because in Korea, they don't like their profile side and they always compliment, oh, my face is flat. My, my jawbone is so wide. They're so good at being negative of their appearances. So I knew that I shouldn't target on the photography side, but I should target people's emotions and people's like self-esteem. And that's when I try to look up and Google like how to help people boost up their self-esteem energy and how to compliment them. And I focus on that because compliments are something that we should be comfortable and say thank you to and get over with and maybe help yourself throughout the day. If you're having a bad day, you can just take out the picture that you've taken with me and oh, you had this this kind of compliment while taking that picture because people are really good at memorizing or remembering what they've they heard that was negative things about them, but they're not really good at remembering what people have said good things about you, especially about your appearances. Because in Korea, you have to be humble. And if people compliment you about your appearances, they're just trying to be nice. And all those things that kind of, I think it was easier for me to target. I was like, okay, this is what I can do and I'm used to. So I'm going to compliment the hell out of you until you suck it in. Because Korean people are really good at it. Oh, no. So, I mean, even with you. Oh, I, I love yeah. your drones. I love your eyes. And I was trying to get your glasses taken off. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you're like kind of backing off. But I know I believe what I saw. And it's my job to like you to trust me. So you can believe yourself to rediscover yourself. And that's like the most fun thing of my job. Not my job. It's like my passion. I love 
seeing people starting to trust me and they like let yourself go. That's when I start taking pictures. So that's how it happened because people keep saying, oh, your lighting is different. Your lighting is off. Doesn't matter because lighting is just helping you to get a better picture, but getting a real picture out of you, you actually have to connect and you have to communicate. And the first thing you can do is you have to pick out. So this is like the only the hardest thing that I have to do is I have to quickly figure out that stands out of your appearances. Like for you, it was your, like the cheekbones and your eyes. And then I'm going to say that 10 times and some people might believe it. And some, I think elder clients are really hard to photograph in Korea because they are so not pleased of getting pictures taken. But then I've tried it and then this works 100%. Every compliment, like you repeat, they will start to believe and they take in and then their face gets brighter and then they relax and everything just like works after that. That's amazing. But a couple of like questions from that is if you can go back to you were doing like more like technical stuff, oh, this is not quite me. Was there any five second moment or maybe that first one client where you felt, oh, this is it? this is what I can do or like, how did that, how did you find oh, yeah. your niche mm. or like your thing? Mm. So I had this client. Now she's a friend of mine. She used to work in a psychology and theater industry. So she's really good at expressing herself and she's really good at analyzing people's thought because of the psychology background. She, after she took a picture with me for her 40th birthday, it was like, about the same reason why you've taken it with me for the photography session. She's, I feel like you've had accepted me as I've lived a good life. That's what she said, exactly. So I was like, oh what? Wow. <laughs> what what does started, that mean? I know. So I was like, huh? So I was like, and then she started getting all teared up. She had a really rough life growing up. But then she said, because of this light and getting a full attention from one person, like a stranger. She felt like she was like a superstar that she never got to achieve because, you know, she first wanted to succeed in the theater industry and didn't work out, right? So she said, I think every person should have this kind of experience. I got an acceptance from somebody, a stranger, that I've actually lived a good life because the picture came out so much like happier brighter in like than she is of herself so I thought I was like at the time I wasn't quite sure what she meant because she's a theater person so she could act but then at the same time she felt like she was so used to taking those pictures from the app the all filtered out picture so she was pretty much living in a fake life and believing that was herself but after she's taken this picture every time that she is because she does come to me every year now ever since three years ago she feels like this is like a confirmation for that one year that she lived a good life and now she's looking for the next chapter of life i was like oh i mean because she had you phrased it in a, such a fancier way fancier word i think that actually clicked oh my god maybe i could do this for everybody 
who is willing to take pictures because uh, first of all, you actually have to come to me to take picture to have this whole experience for both of us. But yeah, she just for the fact that she said it and then she started tearing up. I was like, oh my God, I just could not help myself. But we like both cried out <laughs> <laughs> for a few minutes without saying anything. And that was a very special moment for me. That's when I knew. Yeah. I'm just learning about how interesting the brain and the mind works and yeah. how it's almost, it doesn't matter what actually is, but mm. if your mind believes it, it becomes yeah. true. It's so, it's so weird. So I feel that way, like many times about myself and also about my clients, right? Like that I'm teaching uh, mm-hmm. or coaching them with English because mm-hmm. in the same way, people feel very insecure about their appearance. Mm-hmm. People feel about their English, about their, oh, oh my I, God, like my English is terrible. And oh, I can't, it's English, too difficult. <laughs> and right it there, it's so similar. Oh. And there are moments where I will make them believe they're good. And then they become better. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not like they practice for 200 hours. It's at that moment of you convincing them. Right. And it's so weird. It's because, you know, that they're the same person in your studio. Right. Right. But somehow there's something that happens. And I wanted to kind of like decode that or hack that. Is it like, is it just compliments? What else do you think if you had to come up with a recipe for these are the things that have worked? Because you have on your Instagram feed. There mm-hmm. are tons and tons of people of all ages and they all share that. So mm-hmm. I wonder, have you, or do you have, I don't know, in your mind, like a, how, like what's going on in your brain? Like when you meet this client, is it just totally intuition? What's the art? Like what's the science? Cause huh. there's something that happens. Huh. So I wonder if you thought about this, like, what do mm-hmm. I do to make them believe I think I'm sure we are in the same situation because we have a hard job, I mean, a huge responsibility for let them believe that we can do this, right? Like for you, it's English. And for me, it's pictures. I'm sure it's not for the, not only for the compliments, but like I have to be sincere and honest. So I'm sure people pick up pretty fast if I tell them a false compliment. So that's why I try to focus so much on what they want to hear versus what they're not used to hear. So like mm-hmm. what they want to hear is, oh my God, everybody wants to hear, oh my God, you look so good today. But you look so good today doesn't really touch that much as, oh my God, that earring just pops your whole outfit. I have to be very detail oriented, but in order for me to do that, you know how I do an interview before mm-hmm. I take the right, right. so much more because at a Zoom session, I can actually practice your whole movement and your expressions and how your face works when you're talking about certain subjects. So in between, I try to practice how you move your body and how you talk and how you react. And that also adds on to getting to know your chapter. And I try to build that database and 
try to kind of assume and guess. This is like the kind of risky part because it might be true. It might not be true. So I always try to tell them. So this is what I saw during the interview. It's not, it's just what I saw. And I try mm-hmm. to like, try to tell them they're special in so many different ways. Because as you get older, you don't get attention unless you're a celebrity. So I think that's what I was trying to focus on. Try to compliment them, but also try to get to know them as well. Especially in Korea, it's such a society that everybody's all gossip and everybody have time for Netflix, but they don't have time for a real conversation and they don't know you. You know what I mean? So that's why I try to let them talk about themselves and ask them silly questions that you don't really hear every day in Korea. And I think that's where it hits them to open up and tell themselves a little bit more than their usual. And I think it did. I mean... Since I've been doing this for two years, I think I've got enough database to be comfortable enough to ask certain questions. I can totally see so many overlaps in the work that I do. And Mm -hmm. when people ask me what I do in my classes, it's actually really tough to explain Uh, because I don't even know exactly what happens. (laughs) It just happens, right? Like I see it's almost... Uh, I'm like waiting, like I'm waiting to see signs where I can intervene. It's so weird. I'm waiting and waiting. And in that waiting, like you said, you ask silly questions. Uh Um, You ask questions and like all sorts of questions, right? Right. In our case, like you have the photo shoot. For me, let's say if, if you have a photo shoot, maybe for me, like the centering sort of anchoring point is I pick usually a material it could be like a video media or text and that's like the anchor Mm -hmm. I will just throw my darts and just ask a lot of questions and I just kind of wait I wait for them to talk to say and then I correct them I guide them so they will not trip again it's so weird it's like I tell people it's a therapy like 70 percent like 10% grammar, like 20% this, but there's a lot about the other person, like finding themselves or something. It's so weird, right? Like people so, are weird. I love how you said you just wait. Yeah. I mean, the waiting is the hardest part of any kind of industry, I think, especially with the photography session. People always ask me, oh, how long does it take to take pictures <laughs> of my session? <laughs> So I always tell them like, oh, one to one hour, but but you've actually taken it with me. So I do take really quickly, like taking one picture to another is very fast, but then it differs by clients. So right. I have to wait, but it's the hardest part for me is waiting because I just cannot stand that silence mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, but now I realize, I think that's where I stopped for the studio of the location is because I need to regroup myself and what I want to gain, what I want to get a little stronger is being patient. Like it was so hard for me just to like, because for the song photographers, they just sit there and wait and make eye contact. And then they Mm -hmm, could do mm -hmm. all those. So I want to challenge myself to do a different portrait session not 
talking and interviewing so much. I want to explore and what I can do for the next chapter. But waiting, I think that's the hardest part. But once you get through that waiting part, it's amazing where the result goes to. It's just, I don't think I give myself enough patience. I had another question. Going back to what you were saying earlier, you were mm-hmm. saying like in, in Korea, it's really like about perfect technique, lighting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. something that you said was, like, but I knew that I was not cut out for that. I feel like you're sort of like selling yourself short, but was there any instance or maybe a project where you were told, oh, like this is, we do, this is how we do photography. You're not cut out for this. Was there any experience where you felt, I don't enjoy doing this or was it mm-hmm. more, I cannot get it to the level where you know, the industry standards. Getting into a level of some standard is I know once you start practice, that's not a problem. That's something you can do. But what I did not want to do is make a person and transform them into a perfect AI version of you with Photoshop because that's not something that I'm not get paid for and be proud of. Because we all know it won't look like that. But then I've actually had a lot of clients saying, oh, we can pay you more if you Photoshop me. The funny thing was people said, I always tell them, so 10 being the highest, I only do three out of 10 Photoshop. Is that okay with you? And they always said, yeah, that's fine. I like natural. But then once they see it, they're like, can you make me? That's the skill. That's the part that I do not want to waste my time on. I know I hire so many Photoshop technicians. I call them Photoshop technicians because they're amazing. But I just don't have a passion for Photoshop. I would rather have my camera out there and meet another person to take a real picture. I'm not saying Photoshop picture isn't real, but it's just not my thing. And that's something that I think I was lucky enough because Korean people always tell me that I'm so pure. At first, I was so offended. I was like, I'm 39. They call me pure and naive. But now I take that as a compliment because I just jokingly tell them, oh, are you just jealous that I grew up in the States where I didn't have to be so like challenging and work myself so hard to be better than you? Because that's where I think I learned creating a perfect picture doesn't exist. You know how in the States, especially in our school, you get compliments for everything. You get compliments just bringing canvas to school. But in Korea, it's so hard to get compliments. So I think that skill kind of built me up to quickly making my imperfection to be okay. It's not perfect, but it's okay. And then I think I'd be comfortable getting a profit out of this. I wanted to be pure in that industry. I didn't want to be guilty or felt like I wasn't being a good person taking a picture. That's, I think that's where it all started. I know with the photos, like you also seem to know or have an idea of color, like tones. I really like your beige and I would have never thought of liking beige. I don't know if you remember, but somebody like I, I had this idea of like darker background. And, but when you say, oh, no, I like this outfit. I was like, Mm -hmm. really? Like this? And (laughs) I don't know if you have experience with 
I don't know, color theory or fine mm -hmm. arts? Like, how can somebody who has not gone to a photo shoot, how can they pick colors or what are some safe colors or how can you find what flatters you? Mm -hmm. More of a practical question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So first of all, my favorite painter was actually Rembrandt. That's why I always like to keep a low light with beige, beige tone. That's where it came from. And I think regardless of your race, the Rembrandt lighting actually works on everybody, unless you like bright lighting. That's why I try to keep everything minimal and very to a neutral, like popping colors and having a texture and having a design works, but I try to keep it classic. That's like the one thing that I like wanted to keep on my color skin. Having too much color, like especially more than two color, I think distracts a person's mm -hmm. experience. So you don't focus on the the portrait space, but then elsewhere if there's too much color. That's what I believe in. And the Rembrandt is just the thing that I love about Rembrandt is you get to focus on the like the face or the expression. Mm -hmm. I want to try to keep. I wanted to keep a person to the minimal, so we can capture and have this picture like to pass on and not feel like it's out of date. And I know my skill is not there yet since I'm just starting, even though it's been 12 years, I feel like I'm still a starter. I don't, I'll, I don't ever call myself as professional, even though I have to act as a professional, I'm still learning. So until then, I want to like ace that lighting of Rembrandt. That's why. And then, like you said, you know how you never believed in beige being your color. Every person has a different kind of beige that works on them. So that's why you have to keep like moving. You know how when you were taking pictures with me, I was moving a lot and my lighting was moving with me. Portrait studio session, they don't do that. That's why my mm -hmm. other colleague, older, he was always saying, oh my God, you move so much. People are going to keep thinking that you're testing their lights. So I'm like, no, they don't because I'm actually looking at them and the light actually moves with me. I have to test out and do a trial and error and see what lighting works and where I have to place my model and my lighting in order to play and see what kind of beige or that skin tone light works on them. That's, yeah, it's like a practical, but then also like, how can I take those tips? I'm uh, trying to take better photos of my kids <laughs> and like oh. my fam or even myself, mm. but I'm like, I don't know, how could I do that? It's, I mean, portrait is hardest because everyone looks mm. different. Lighting works differently. But I like strongly suggest you taking a self-portrait and let your kids take self-portrait of themselves. I'm not talking about like the app pictures, but that actual camera. That's what mm. I've actually done before starting a studio. I've taken my DSLR and taken a picture of myself every day for two years thinking I was going to get better, but <laughs> you don't get better because you just don't get used to yourself because there's, you think you get bored taking a picture of yourself. I'm, I, yes, I did. It was kind of boring sometimes, but you will discover so many different ways to portray yourself at a different lighting and a different setting. So I'm sure it's the same thing for the other industry. You just have to do it 
and take a self-portrait. You will see so many different aspects of yourself. And this will help you take a pic better picture for others too. So that's a great tip. Like when you say yeah. self-portrait, you're not talking about a selfie. No, not selfie. Uh, no. Self-portrait. This has to be at a you have tripod to, and if you don't have a tripod, you can do you, there's a lot of things you can do nowadays without a tripod. As long as like you have actually taken a process of making a setting for your camera, lighting, a direction, pose, because you have to direct every single one of them. This is not auto setting. This will help mm -hmm. you, I don't know, work with the ratio for the camera and work with the setting. Setting part is the easiest part because it will kind of calculate it for you nowadays. But mm -hmm. the pose part and the lighting, oh my God, you have so much fun. For the kids, I mean, as long as they're interested in taking pictures, help them go out there and take a self-portrait of, uh, of themselves. I think that will... Being still, right? And then yeah. taking photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I never thought about doing that, but I, when I was recently actually at the, I went to New York a couple of like <laughs> weeks ago and no. it was just like trip by myself and it was amazing. Oh. It was amazing. One of my favorite parts was just being at the Met and uh -huh. kind of like yeah. hours and hours, I just got lost and I'm like, okay, like I love this. Then you also mentioned Rembrandt. He's kind of like my North star. Does that help to have this like painter north star for photography i think especially for photographer don't look up any other photographer but look up a different medium artist so not only a painter but maybe illustrator videographer anything but photographer i think it helped me so much and it still helps me to this day it's because you don't try to mimic their technique but you are trying to look at the art and try to recreate them, even though I'm not, I'm not saying I'm actually recreating you know, Rembrandt, right, but it helped right. me to visualize better with my camera instead of brush because I'm not a painter. So I think it helped me so much, not looking at a same medium in photography, but looking at painting, like going to mats. Oh, I can stay there forever. You'd have to catch something that happens beforehand i think that's a good eye meaning you've seen enough seen you have seen enough lighting setting we know that something's going to happen at this location at this angle oh. and i think that's what is good eye um, oh wow is and then trying to see something what others usually ignore is also a good eye Meaning, so can, you know, can you, how do you train the eye to be better? I think the most important thing is you don't have to train yourself. You have to be in a setting. Like for me, instance, I grew up in a really small suburban city called Fair Fairview Park, Ohio, where nothing was going on. And this was back in 90s. And I think I was always observing because I didn't speak English at all at the time. And all I could do to kill time was to observe. So it, the setting kind of worked. So now I realize back then I hated living in Ohio and having no friends because I kind of got there in the middle of nowhere when I was 12, 
when I already had a set friend set setting for a comfortable life. So I think this is something that I was kind of blessed with too, like I mentioned before. Getting into a complete different setting is one way to training yourself to have a good eye. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I didn't train myself. I was forced to be in the setting because I didn't have any friends and I didn't speak a language what they were speaking. It kind of got me a natural to observe and see what's going on and see surroundings. So this doesn't work in a city, especially in a busy city like Seoul, because there's so much right. going on. People doesn't see elsewhere. So it's just one of the things that I got skilled at because I didn't have what I used to have. So now I appreciate yeah. that time a lot than I didn't. But now I'm like, oh, maybe this is why I am today. I noticed that in a lot of the people I interview or talk to, mm -hmm. there are things that happen and you just don't know at that moment, but right. it all plays a part in the future. It all takes a little space in that puzzle. It's so comforting just knowing whatever I'm going through today, it's going to be used like in 10 years. So to be a little bit more forgiving and okay, chill, it's going to be okay. Um, you are amazing. I love to hear that. I think I needed to hear that because I don't think I've actually given myself that I really did have a hard time back then. I was always toughing up and telling people, oh, it was okay that I didn't have any friends all of a sudden and I didn't speak a language and I did not fit in because I not fitting in was not my thing. I was always center of attention, getting all these compliments for, I don't know, lifting a finger. My brother always said, oh, you can compliment everything. But moving into the very different time zone at a different time, having nothing changed me a lot. Now I look back that every single thing that I've actually experienced in Ohio built me who I am today. So now I'm thanking Ohio. Oh, <laughs> no, really. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, just going back to 2023, I was telling you in February, oh my God, I like, I really don't want to go to this. And, and looking back, I can say that moving to Houston and everybody was telling me, oh my God, Houston is the armpit of the US. I feel so, oh, Houston. Oh, like everybody yeah. was so sounding not very excited for me, but I'm, I don't know. It's been so great. I'm trying to think about what has been great. And I don't think it has anything to do with like, Houston per se, but uh -huh. I think it's the moving, like you were saying, move and like change. Yeah, move. Like moving uh -huh. from Korea to the US. Uh -huh. And I could, it, it could have been to, I don't know, it could have been to totally different country. Right. But I think the move was great. And I was so happy. I was so happy in Korea. Like I loved my co working space, I loved the people that oh. I had met. But I'm really, I have become super optimistic about whatever you decide to do, wherever you go, there's like good things, bad things. And it's yeah. just like you're, you're like convincing your mind. Like you have one face, but then what you do, you just, you find the earring that makes you shine. Right. And that's right. all you look at. So 
Yeah, I, I have become, I think, very optimistic about it's also like today I had a session with my therapist. I feel like <laughs> I feel a lot better about myself. I think it's it's so nice to hear your story about even like this going deep into like little moments of like pain that you had and how that helps you become like who you are today. You mentioned that you had kind of closed your like one chapter and mm -hmm. you are in Jeju. Why mm -hmm. Jeju? Jeju, okay, so this is another thing that it's going to connect to Ohio. I don't know, for some reason, whenever I come to Jeju, it reminds me so much of Ohio. And I think it's just the nature thing, you know, how there's so many greens here and with water. I don't, I didn't realize that's what I grew up with in Ohio. And then Ohio, Lake Erie, and then it has the biggest national park. I took that for granted back then, but then living in New York, I still was close to nature. So I didn't really feel it needed, but especially after moving into Seoul, I think I got sick a lot. And then my eczema and my allergy came back. I never had that for mm -hmm. And coming to Jeju kind of gives me a fresh breath to breathe and takes me back to who I was back in Ohio, not the lonely girl, but like the girl who appreciated the nature. Right. And I get different compliments nowadays. Whenever I take picture of Jeju, I always got called that, oh, you're so like fit for New York. When, whenever I'm in Jeju, people are like, oh my God, you are natural, like born Jeju person. And I was like, what does that mean? I'm not a nature photographer at all. I'm really like uncomfortable taking picture of a nature because they are the hardest to take picture of. Interesting, really? Are, yeah, because it's really hard to find the focal point if you think about uh, it. And they don't have set of eyes. So it's another thing that we can't keep in focus. Mm. For the you can look into the eyes and set a focal point to, we were learned to set a focal, uh, focal point underneath the eye eyeball mm. but but with nature photography you don't have that so I always struggle but I just like being surrounded by nature and I feel calm because I am really sensitive to a sound so it's, it's so sensitive and I get very anxious because I hear so many noise everywhere I go mm -hmm. that's why without my airpods even though I'm not listening to anything I put them on so I can't I don't have to hear what other people's conversation is well, wow. I think yeah, I, I do too. And I think maybe that's also another underappreciated or yes. I don't know, I got sent for me Houston, like I live in the middle of the boonies, like nothing, there's not much to do. And mm -hmm. I love that. Actually, I <laughs> that's what and, it feels uh, like. Yeah. yeah. So I can see why you're you're having a second chance to this like Ohio-like experience where before right. you said I didn't appreciate it, but now like you can totally appreciate it. Right. Like even more than somebody going for the first time. I mentioned, I want to learn how to sing, how to like do this things, very <laughs> random things, but how about you? Are there anything, any other disciplines or areas that you want to explore or expand to? Are you sticking to photography? I think we, you could relate to this a lot. I want to try to study or not study because I think it's going to take a long time, but I want to get a better information about 
the psychology part. That's because I want to be therapeutic for my clients who has come to me for taking pictures. And that has to take a lot of time and I need to work on that. Not only the therapy part, but I want to speak better. I want to learn how to approach to my clients better. And this is going to be a complete, a big project working with not only one part, but in general, I need to improve. I think this is like a good time where I had stopped. I can come back to my clients with improved project and session. Yeah, it's a long, I've actually. That's a big project. It's like adding a new career. Right, right. So like. I did thinking about going back to school, but I realized I did not like school. Remember I told you if I had a teacher like you, I probably had yeah. stayed at school. I just did not have that opportunity. But then at the same time, I don't think I've actually tried hard enough after having the opportunity to go back to school or to study. So I know this is going to be a big project, but I think I have proved myself, not that person that who told me I have good eyes, but I'm so lazy, I'm not going to make it. I think I've already proved myself that I can do something for a long time already by taking a picture one day. So now I want to do something completely different that will help me with my career. You know how we said everything gets pulled in all together later. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I do want to be a better version of me than today. Remember when we met, you said, oh, you are thinking about doing a podcast. And I did like hugely encourage you to do it because I, I loved you. Now look at you. You're doing oh. it. I'm so proud of you. I want to try to ask myself what I've been wanting to do because I was always focused so much to fit in Korea for the last four years and try to make money out of photography. So I'm kind of like tired of that. And I want to focus on asking myself what I want to do next. And that might be a long-term project, but I think I can do it. So I remember telling you like, oh my God, I almost didn't come today because I, I have like I just started my period, like my credit, right, right. Like I have a migraine and oh my God, and like the parking and all. And then I left a completely different person and it was like, Oh, that was very interesting. And I'm very sensitive to energy levels and I'm very like sensible and sensitive. Like I know how my body feels. So maybe like you are already doing that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you think, oh my, I need to take this certificate or course and go back to school. And that's Mm -hmm. all a lot of money, a lot of like resources, like a very high opportunity cost. And maybe there are like, a lot smaller ways you could gain some skills mm. and then test it out. Like I'm sure like people come to you or remember you, not mm. just because of the photography. Mm. So even, even if you make a list of 20 clients that loved you or maybe mm-hmm. you love them, um, <laughs> you can ask them, right? What did you like about myself? What was special? And you might get a lot of clues. Like I, I've learned so much about we are so clueless. Like mm-hmm. we are so clueless about our superpowers. 
you you just need to ask and you'll be surprised there's this one example of this one guy who started this podcast and he's on i don't know episode 300 like he started like not too long ago but like a super committed dedicated almost obsessed with podcasting super young i love his podcast his name is danny miranda he started podcasts because he wanted to elevate people he wanted to build stories like help others learn about this incredible people but then in in wanting to do so like he would do so much research on his guests almost I to the see. point where the guests would be like how the right. hell do they do that whoa so that oh, became his thing that I became see. his thing okay and so it became like the danny miranda research oh and it's so weird because that's not what he tried to sell or no. productize, oh, but that became the thing that people noticed, was mm -hmm. remembered, and a lot of people started pointing out. Right. And today, I can I think I recently saw him offering that service. I mean, I that spend 50 hours on my guest research. Who is interviewing somebody? I can do this research for you. Oh like, my God, that's amazing. It's so crazy how... You just, I don't know. And I've had people tell me the same thing. Oh, Ma Monica, you're like really good at XYZ. And mm. I'm like, but can I sell that? You know what I mean? Okay, Ma, you're really right. good at connecting the dots. And I can see, and I'm finding ways in very unexpected ways mm. to, uh, I'm seeing opportunities where I'm like, oh, I can come in here and offer this kind of thing. And it doesn't even have a name. It doesn't even have a job description. Right. Like recently was like, I really cold call somebody. Oh my God, you're having this meeting and I have this experience with something totally unrelated to this. I have experience in fashion, but I can see how doing XYZ would make this event great for you. Hire me. <laughs> it was like, and it was like so ballsy of me. Oh my God, Monica, who are you? But I think it comes from other people telling you you're right. this kind of person. And what's so many people right now in Jeju? Like, I mean, maybe Jeju is their new home. Who knows? Like, there, there's so, so many. There's, do you know what I mean? Right. See, because I need, I think the energy what you have, Monica, is what I need. Because I'm not really good at selling myself. I'm super, super shy at selling myself. I could sell you, but not myself. I was myself. totally, oh my God. I was like, and I feel like we we share so much. And right. I do wonder, is it because we were like transplants? We yes. are like both you and I are like third culture yeah. kids. Yeah, third and culture kids. Like we that, are kind right? of like similar age, right. Korea and then like the US and then back to Korea or back to like right. whatever. Right. I see so many overlaps and i think right. the, the whole thing of moving around left us in a way we were about to establish ourselves as something and then we had to like transplant and go somewhere else mm -hmm. so the, all of that uprooting made mm -hmm. our root very kind of like thin and weak the we right right hope for a single asian female to be in seoul like super mega city and then you figured out how to rent an attic in one of the most expensive neighborhoods in, in Seoul, in a beautiful place, beautiful studio. So just take that as evidence and almost a like permission to believe in yourself. To Oh, wow. And if you really believe in yourself, which I feel like I am, I have started to, 
in, mm. in a way like if I get rejected, I'm like, I have nothing to lose. Right. That sort of like gangster comes with age too. What can we do? We're older. And yeah. I feel like we just have, the, we, I just don't have time to be like sappy about things that are right. inconsequential. And I'm right. like, okay, whatever, next, next. But you happen to be in a very happening place. Right. And I don't know how you ended up there, but you, you're staying with a friend who is offering you a place to stay for a month. Yeah. The same way you found a place in, in I know. Afrodong. Right. You could totally find always... something in Jeju. And you could totally, even if you share, let's say, you share the space with a yoga studio. I'm sure you're going to get creative and just take a month to explore. I think one thing that I would hate you to do there is okay, I have this archiving project and this research pro- that are, they're all kind of location right uh, independent you don't have to be in Jeju to do those things no. right so I really almost feel okay you waited 10 years to our <laughs> I think you could wait another month oh my god and really you are so the, right make the most of Jeju like the like I'm sure it's gonna start raining and it's gonna be crazy but like you have a couple yeah. more weeks beautiful September like meeting people, they just go out to events and it, it with the mindset of I have nothing to lose, nothing to commit to. So you don't have to you can make mistakes. Like you don't have to the people you meet. No. And yeah, I think like having that freedom might be very liberating. Oh my God. You just gave me a goosebump. This is how it feels when I'm complimenting to Aww. a person who doesn't believe <laughs> themselves that they're beautiful i mean i felt like my client who is sitting in front of me right now oh my god thank you i didn't know i didn't realize that i needed to hear this because i'm pretty hard on myself i'm me too i am hardcore on myself i'm like so nope no you need to work on this i know when you're saying okay I haven't archived this like 12 year project and I decided to do this in my sabbatical month. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I would wait for another four weeks to do like archiving files. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I felt like this was the right time, but now I realize I'm at a location where everybody comes for a vacation. I'm going to actually write that down. And and you can, you can ask them. So uh, you, you're like, your feed is amazing. It's amazing. Thank so like, you. this is me. I'm I'm just taking a month off. I'm doing my own study or whatever. And then I would love to take a photo of you. Uh, and people will put their photos on their feed and they'll talk about you. And I don't know. I just see so many opportunities from your like three week break. You're amazing. You should be my agent. <laughs> <laughs> No, so like I think, like you said, you were kind of sheltered in your yeah. studio, and all of that potential has been bottled up. Oh my god! And now, exactly. like, you're just like, yeah, okay, time to leave. Not looking back. I love talking to you, Sua, and I did not expect this conversation to to like where it just conversations go. And I'm taking my podcast as like the safe place for me to explore and mm-hmm. just this is so fun 
I feel like you're offering so much to others because this was a big step for me, like speaking public and not in front of everybody, but especially in front of somebody that I might not meet ever. I'm not good at public speaking at all. I can't believe you said that because you were really good. So when like towards the second half, you were saying, oh, I like my public speaking. I'm like, what? No. Um, I had the same thing. And I'm telling you, (laughs) I've been there. And And I had a dream about this podcast yesterday. Because I was like, should I not? Yeah, because (laughs) I did not feel good today. As I told you, I feel like I I was like, should I? So I opened up your cacao and I sat there. I was like, should I? But I don't want to be a loser. So okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So it took me a huge courage and a challenge because a year back from today, I probably said no. I'm pretty... Oh my God. I changed a lot, I think. Saying yes to everything unless it's something in a criminal or a dark side. I think saying wow. yes to everything, it works. So saying yes to you, I think it worked a huge. It gave me a huge, I don't know. Like, I feel very tingly right now. I feel like I can oh, do Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool that you're all the way in Jeju and I'm right. here. This was so much fun. This actually got me so much in a place already that I haven't gotten yet. Now I need to go move. That's all I need to do, right? Yes. Move. Right.